Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Been kind of a crazy week. I just got back from Batu and ready mm. to talk about heroes. That's true. So Batu being Star Wars land, Galaxy Edge, whatever they're calling it, right? Yep. That's the planet you're supposedly on in story, you know, story-wise. Was it a what is a, a a house of villains and scoundrels? I, I butchered that, by the way, for for fans of Star Wars. Are you talking a den of scum and villainy? Yeah, there it is. Thank you. <laughs> this is the good thing. This isn't a Star Wars show. If we did a Star Wars show, imagine the hate mail we'd get for all the butchered characters and planet uh, and we, weapons. Even trying to describe weapons. Oh my gosh, I'd be in trouble. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed your time at Galaxy's Edge, and we found some time to to zip back here from a galaxy far far away to record this episode of summoner's call i don't want to delay because unlike last week we've got a lot lot to talk about this week for summoners uh for, for fire emblem heroes and in terms of banners you've got the weekly revival banner with carol ephraim and jafar and then you've got tabarn and kanegas battle until september 23rd splendid soiree and the performing arts uh, revival going till the 7th of october you got Heroes with Bonfire until the September 26th. And finally, The Chosen Ones, the new banner we're going to discuss this evening, goes until October 9th. I've got nothing to share when it comes to summoning. No, uh, nothing to report. But I see here you've got a, you got a good chunk of text here, Eddie. Uh, yeah. Um, didn't do much on it. You know, nothing from any of the free ones that popped up this week. But, um, you know, uh, I did... Uh, do my five free summons. I ground out forging bonds enough to get all four of the first summon tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, on the first, it uh, and the plan was to complete the wheels as I went through them. Uh, started off bizarrely lucky first wheel with a Marita, which not a focus unit, but it's still a five star as my free summon. Uh, and it turned out there was a Norn hiding there in the wheel with her, so. I ended up getting one of the focus units on my first wheel. Next wheel, I uh, happened to find a Nagi lying in wait for me. So two focus units in my first two summons, or first two uh, summon wheels. Uh, And of course, like usual, once I get a character of a specific color, I stop summoning on that orb, you know, for the most part, unless I have a bit of a pity rate. Uh, The rest of the free summons yielded nothing. Uh, and that's where I kind of sort of made a bit of a mistake. I'm not sure exactly a mistake, but uh, essentially I couldn't leave my pity rate sitting there, so <laughs> I kept summoning to try and break my pity rate. I was fine with anything I got, um, you know, even if it wasn't a focus unit, because I had already gotten two of them. Uh, and after 40 or so orbs, I don't remember the exact count, but it was more than I originally intended to spend. I ended up with a getting a serious, so I did actually get a focus unit out of it. Not too um, shabby. And I still have had over 150 orbs at that time, and I'm back up to over 170 from the Tempest Trials and such. But like I said, I did end up spending a bit, bit more than I, I intended. I need to learn to leave those pity rates, especially if I've already gotten focus heroes. Yeah, I, I I did. I was able to grind out forging bonds and get the four tickets. 
uh, but no luck on those summonings, uh, unfortunately. I think I think with this banner, I'm comfortable stepping back. I, I've got about 270-odd orbs just sitting there. I have a feeling we're going to talk a bit about, like, look forward at the Mythic Hero coming in just about a week or so. So, I, I mean, I know I'll summon on that one because that's, that's an important banner to summon on. And for some reason, I'm just content. Maybe it's the fact that these are... Uh, Japanese-focused heroes, even though some of them we've we've seen pop up in games we've played before. Uh, I don't know. I uh, just, yeah. One of, one of them was in a game we played. We just didn't realize it. So yeah, actually, there's some interesting connections with these with these heroes. And and honestly, I guess I should I guess I should walk that back a bit because I say I think a majority of them were in Shadow Dragon. Um, but um, Sirius as Sirius was not in Shadow Dragon. He was in. Uh, Fina um, was mystery of the emblem only. Um, I don't remember Fina. I definitely don't remember Fina. I don't think there was any dancers. No, there was yeah, one no. dancer in Shadow Dragon, wasn't there? I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, if I there do was, re- I can't remember it. But Nagi was definitely mystery of the emblem only. Did not she in Shadow not Dragon at all? Was she not in Shadow Dragon? I thought I was reading uh, that if, she was one of the uh, X chapters. If you lost a bunch of units. Uh, well, that might be a case. Then I know we didn't have encounter an option her. of, yeah. And Norn is um, if you lose a lot of units on the prologue, uh, you get her. So oh, we missed okay. her as well. If you have like four or fewer units, counting Marth, uh, at the end of the prologue chapters, you will get Norn. That's why we don't recognize any of these, a majority of them. But yep. Astrum, I recognize Astrum, right? Yes, Astrum yeah. was collect, was one you could get, uh, and Bantu was one that was in definitely uh, Shadow Dragon as well. Yeah, he I think was the Bantu weird... was originally in the very first one, too. So Yeah, and then, but Sirius was, he, now again, I did a bit of research. Was Sirius not in uh, Echoes, Shadows of Valencia? So, are we going full spoiler? Well, I mean, it's an old game. I mean, they're they're not really trying to hide it. I mean, no. The little tips and trick one was, you know, blatantly obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed their little quote unquote slip up, but they straight up told you who he actually is. Yeah, I'm sure some of his speeches, but it's Camus. Yeah. So he is in Shadow Dragon as an enemy, mm-hmm. and he does appear in Echoes as Zeke. And then in Mystery of the Emblem, he returns back to Arcania as Sirius, hiding his identity because he's fallen in love with, uh, what was her name from Echoes? The girl who saved him. Uh... And But he can't you know, leave Nina to her fate. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. But, but so essentially this Camus, he's appeared in three of these games under a different name, but it's the same character. Yes. Okay. Interesting. He's Camus in the first one. He refuses to turn against his home country. Um, in the second one, you can kind of see some of it. He's lost his memory. Shows up as Zeke, or I think it is. Uh, who is loyal to Rudolph for protecting him. And he's kind of the first hint that there's more to Rudolph than it seems because, you know, he was told, you know, at first he refuses to join you, kind of similar to the way he did in Shadow Dragon. 
but when he sees Alm's brand, uh, he was told by Rudolph that if he ever encountered a man, a, you know, young man with that brand, to follow to follow him and join his son, join him. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, on that note, like if we're we're going to talk about these heroes, I think Sirius is definitely one of the interesting ones to discuss. Uh, why don't we go through these upcoming events and we can get into the into yes. the heroes. Uh, Astrum in his Grand Hero Battle starts tonight at uh, 3 a.m. or tomorrow morning, uh, the 23rd. The Rooker Sieges, which the um, early sign-in that started today, will start on the 24th. The Heroes with Fierce Stance will start when the Bonfire Banner ends on the um, 26th. The, there are a bunch of Lance Arts quests, so a bunch of quests for Lance users coming on the 27th. And the voting gauntlet login bonus is starting on the 28th. And if there are banners that they're going to be starting for that, they will probably start that same day. Nice. Good stuff. And, you know, as we stated, we got a new banner, the Chosen Ones, and a story chapter to go along with it. So we've got a brief description here, and then we'll discuss the story chapter. After defeating Thrashir, Alphonse leads us back to the Order of Heroes Castle, because that is where he would go if he was Lif, which he is. We get a flashback confirming that it was Veronica, and she knew it was likely she would be killed. After defeating Lif, we find out that he has rigged the castle as a trap, because while Alphonse and co. need to keep winning, he does not need to survive to get his end goal, but needs to just kill Alphonse. And... Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Ends with a bit of a cliffhanger. Yes, thank you. I lost the word for a second there. Thank you for picking that up, because that would have been embarrassing. And it was, because I just admitted it. Um, Yeah, cliffhanger. (laughs) Yes. What did you think about this story chapter? I I find that pacing is weird with these story chapters. And again, this is an issue that's been been, uh, present since the beginning of the game, is that they spend four of the, the first chapter sort of introducing okay, this is where we left off, and what do we need to do next? Then the next three chapters are nothing. It's just literally like battles against heroes. Just, They've gotten a bit better about that. They have. Like, after the third chapter, I think it was, you get a little... Um, that might have been when the flashback for Alphonse happened, or you get a flashback from Air type thing. So you seem to be getting a bit more story in the middle of it. But yeah, it's just the way they set it up is that, you know, instead of each chapter continuing the story or each you know battle continuing the story it's the whole chapter is the story and they just don't really split it up very well mm-hmm. no but I, you're right it's definitely gotten better but the last chapter is essentially where the story takes place and it's it i mean the description we just read was very apt um how long off the top of your head, do you think we're going to have to wait for a resolution to this pretty big cliffhanger? Essentially, we've our heroes have been buried Spider-Man Homecoming style. So, uh, we have a special banner at the beginning of October. Expecting another normal banner middle of October. Okay. And then the finale sometime in November. Possibly, possibly a double chapter next one and that'll end it next one but yeah because if you recall last year they had all of november being about um 
bringing in the enemy heroes as any enemy characters as uh, summonable units. So if they do that again this year, you know, throughout November, then it seems likely we will finish it up early. Oh, I can't wait to get see-through Dem Bones characters. That'll be fun. Uh, I I actually am really looking forward. That's actually a really good reason to to think about keeping some orbs in the chamber if we get a chance to summon Lyft and Death and all that fun stuff. Well, hell, I guess I should say. Yes. Um, But yeah, good story chapter. Looking forward to the resolution. And I I was, yeah, you reminded me that November is going to be a huge story dump as that's traditionally when we got the end of book of the book. And then don't they launch like the next book the next month? I think December is when we had the next act or next book starting. So, yeah. Sweet. So, unless they're changing up their pattern, it seems likely. Oh, I can't wait. If anything, I'd say it seems like this year they've kind of set a better pattern, you know, with the one a month, one chapter a month, even if it is not exactly the same time of the month each month. Mm hmm. You know, but. I for one look forward to the completion of book three because it's been it's been an in- I gotta I, I'm honest I, I I think it's been an interesting story for sure definitely an interesting story I don't know how we're gonna finish it out unless we somehow find out that we actually have the weapon or defeating Leaf Lif and surviving the cave in unless they manage to kill everyone and we're just ending the story um which I find un- highly unlikely, but, uh, you know, unless doing the case, you know, we find the weapon there to defeat Hell. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. We shall. Uh, what about these uh, there heroes? There was something else I was going to oh, say. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I think I was, was just going to comment back to what you were saying about the awkwardness of the story chapters. I mean, as long as they insist on keeping to the premise they set up where... They have to bring in the new characters from the banner into each story chapter. It's always going to be a little weird and awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that makes sense. I think we'll always we'll continue to have this structure for a long time, just basically yep. because they got to introduce yep. the heroes. We need new heroes. Yep. And speaking of the new heroes that they shoved logically into the chapter <laughs> story chapter as we fought through it, the first one we have on the banner is Fina, roving dancer. Fina, or maybe it's Fina, but uh, p- appears in Mystery of the Emblem, Book 2, uh, with Navarre. Uh, and as in her cheerful disposition, tends to really get on his nerves. Uh, she joins Hero as a red infantry sword dancer unit, wielding a rapier as a non-inheritable weapon. Uh, normally I would say unique weapon, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone else eventually gets a rapier. Uh, but it is non-inheritable. It grants her speed plus three and is effective against both cavalry and armored units, as it usually is in Fire Emblem games. It also has vantage at 75% on defense, uh, which essentially means she gets her counterattacks in before her foe if she has less than 75% health uh, when they initiate combat, uh, which means, you know, on the defensive side, she doesn't get it when she attacks first. Uh, she also has a new skill, Speed Defense Form, which gives her a variable boost of 2x plus 1, max of 7, 
to speed and defense, and X would be the number of allies within two spaces. Uh, she also has dance. Considering she's a dancer, that makes sense. And geyser dance, rounding out her skills, allowing her dance to buff the characters. Hmm. So... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, Mystery of the Emblem is, uh, that's the one that did, that got remade, or was it New Mystery of the Emblem that never so, came out? So, Mystery of the Emblem was the third Fire Emblem game released, and it was a retelling of Shadow Dragon, plus an additional book two, uh, kind of subtitled The War of Heroes. So we never got that. We never got book two, The War of Heroes. Uh, they remade Shadow Dragon, and then they remade book two as New Mystery of the Emblem. Oh, okay. So, so is New Mystery of the Emblem, okay, yeah, Fire Emblem games. I'm glad that they're worldwide, wild, worldwide releases now, so we don't have to have these weird conversations about the new ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to see Mystery of the Emblem brought, you know, localized and brought over, but... Unless they re-remake Shadow Dragon and it does better, it seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, it was a continuation of Marth's story. And when they re- originally released it, when looking into it, they actually released a modified version of Act Part 1, or the original game. Uh, that is where the Riss Vulnerary meme comes from. Because in Mystery of the Emblem, the original version, he did not appear. Oh, okay. He was replaced by a vulnerary in the uh, village where you normally picked up wrists. (laughs) Well, I mean, some would say that's a blessing in disguise, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely think the vulnerary is far more useful. than. (laughs) oh Wrist fans. We still have some of those that listen, I think. Yeah, and I'm just ribbing, you know. But he he tended not to get any kind of useful stats when he leveled up on my playthroughs. So he he has rough growth rates that can make him very useless. Mm-hmm. But he's fantastic in Fire Emblem Heroes. Uh, let's move if you on. Say so. <laughs> uh, we next have uh, Sirius, the mysterious knight, which we spent some time talking about earlier in the episode. Yet another mysterious masked knight arrives to Fire Emblem Heroes, this time going by the name Sirius. He's so serious. He claims to be an ordinary travel just passing traveler just passing through, but his actual identity, once I looked it up, made me miss the connected nature of past Fire Emblem games. Sirius is a blue lance cavalry unit wielding the sable lance, which accelerates special trigger. If unit is not adjacent to an ally, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus four during combat. He has a new skill in the B slot called Lull Attack slash Speed 3, which inflicts attack slash speed minus three on foe and neutralizes foe's bonuses to attack slash speed during combat. Rounding out his kit is Luna as a special uh, and attack slash speed solo three in the A slot. So uh interesting stuff i mean my again we already talked a bit about it but my favorite part about this hero is that he has a connection between the three original am i right in saying arcanea games yes the original arcania trilogy which uh shadows of valentia or gaiden is originally called is considered part of um so 
Well, it, I think there was like another Japan exclusive series of games that he appears in as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it was interesting because I was playing the game, uh, playing Fire Emblem Heroes, and I was going through Forging Bonds, and Alphonse was talking to Sirius about, like, you sound familiar. And I'm like, why does he sound familiar? And then I I read his description, and I thought, oh, that's right. He was in Shadows of Valencia. But then it turns out the description I was reading wasn't completely... I was kind of skipping over details because the way you described is he's he's actually from all three, but he goes by, what was it, Zeke or Zyke, you said? Zeke, I think it was. It's been a while, but I believe it was Zeke in Shadows. So do you feel uh, like we but... get a third Camus, but as a Shadows of Valencia version <laughs> at some point? It's entirely possible. I mean, they set a but, precedent you know, now, right? Yep. But yeah, Zeke, Zeke um, you know, when you meet him in Shadows of Valencia... He's lost his memory. He washed up on the shore, badly beaten up. So theoretically, that's when you fought him in uh, Shadow Dragon and defeated him. He managed. He ended up falling into the ocean and drifting over to uh, Valentia mm-hmm. somehow and was saved by, and I really still can't remember her name, but saved by the girl he falls in love with over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I, I I meant what I said and that I really miss the interconnected sort of Fire Emblem games. I, I like the ones we're getting that sort of have that new world, new story, allows you to have some flexibility in the way you tell a story and introduce new enemies and new new ancient lore. And I think we've seen that with Three Houses, but there's something to be said about you know, Awakening and all the other Arcanea, you know, games that came out. I kind of miss that. And I really want them to, I would love them to, to do that again, even through sort of an Echoes, Shadows of Valencia type way, like go back to that world and explore it and flesh it out a, bit, a little bit more. Kind of have with Awakening. Yeah, for sure. That is the same world. Mm-hmm. And apparently, from what I've seen, technically the drug draw games... Uh, genealogy and Thracia are actually uh, in the past of Arcania's world. Oh, okay, really? So they're they're a couple hundred or more years before Marth. Their story happened is what I uh, saw is supposedly the case. So Drugdoll, so even it, it, yeah, yeah. Drugdoll is like a proto Arcania or early Arcania. Hmm. Interesting. So. I I just really like the connected nature, and I'm not you know poo pooing three houses. I'm really I'm really enjoying it. And there's something to be said for not having the connected nature, and you it, know it comes fates, with bonuses for sure. Yeah, fates made it a you know it, it fit in awakening because it was a future of you know Marth's time frame. But Fates, it felt really forced with the Dragon Gate and all the worlds sort of connected through the Deep Realms or whatever they called them, you know, and just felt like the children characters in Fates felt kind of forced. So Three Houses kind of stepping away from the Dragon Gate and all that stuff is kind of a nice change. You know, it's nice, but I would not mind having either more games set in the three houses world or set in the original worlds 
and fleshing out more time periods of those. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that'd be cool. I mean, Fire Emblem is the new hotness right now, so uh, you could probably like they're on a new level of of appreciation by by gamers. So I could see them doing some fun yep. stuff with it for sure. And here's hoping they don't overcompensate like they did with Fates. Yeah. Not that, that was... Fates is a horrible, terrible game. I still enjoy it, but like shoving the children units like they did in there where it didn't really fit. Mm-hmm. And I will admit it didn't really fit. It was nice to have, but it kind of didn't fit. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I really like the idea of you're going to do children in, in a game you could do you could do just the fact that there's like a 30 year time jump and anybody who gets married. Yeah. Which is jump. what they did in drug draw, which mm-hmm. fit. And you know, but that was all Canon, right? Like, but, but having like support characters and having kids based on different characters, you know, pairing up, like I think you could yeah. do, you could do the time skip, obviously like three houses. It did. We, we wondered, Oh, are they going to do kids in three houses? And it, it didn't make sense because it's like and, a bunch of kids, you know, in school. Yeah. And with genealogy, while there were certain canon pairings, there were certain characters that could get killed off, and they would just have a random, extra, random different person mm-hmm. be the bride or husband. Yeah, and they're not opposed if you to lost someone. Yeah, so, you're not losing characters based on missing pairings for sure. Yeah, you're not losing children characters based on killing off one of their parents accidentally. Cool. But oh, yeah, what about the uh, characters? Speaking of characters that uh, it you might miss, um, we have Norn, cheerful archer from the village near Altian Castle, who is exclusive to the remake versions of the first two Fire Emblem games. Uh, while she is easy to miss in Shadow Dragon, if you don't lose too many units during the prologue, as we mentioned earlier, she does join automatically in New Mystery of the Emblem. Uh, with one of the other characters, I think in like chapter three, I think it said or something. It, I forget exactly. Uh, she joins heroes as a colorless infantry archer unit and wields a guard bow plus, which is effective against flying units like all bows, and grants defense resistance plus six on defense against ranged foes. She has a new skill of brazen speed defense, which gives plus seven to the two stats. If her HP is below at or below 80%, she also comes with reposition and speed defense link. So, nice. this this one was voted most likely to get demoted by the Discord and just looking at her weapons and stats. But yeah, so you think she's she is likely to get demoted, even though we've got like a built-in demote in this banner. I mean, Technically, she has. I mean, in because of the built-in demote, which we'll discuss in a minute, shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she might not get demoted, but she doesn't have any skills that seem likely they would keep her as a five star. Yeah, you don't think they're going to hold yeah. on to her because because they've got you know Bantu on this in this delivery. I'm hoping not. Yeah, I, I mean, this is set a precedent they will or not. I'm hoping they don't. Right, because you know. The brazen skill line, even with doing two stats instead of one, is not that amazing. Mm-hmm. That they desperately need to keep it as a five star only skill. You know. Yeah. Well, we we never came across Norn in in our in those games, but 
to see her kind of pop up and this is kind of a grab bag of heroes honestly this is it's an interesting grab bag there's a anyone who comes from the mystery of the emblem series of games is gonna be a little awkward because you know there are two games and some of them are repeats and Mm -hmm. all very complicated it's really cool that they're including characters that a majority of people wouldn't see in the sense that they're not they're trying not to lose a bunch of heroes but i'm sure a lot of people may have come across these characters but it's it's nice that they're in the game and i and i think you're right it'd be nice if norn gets demoted we could use some additional colorless to to kind of pop up outside of you know who uh <laughs> who popped up a couple times in my free summons lately uh speaking of another hero that sort of pops up if you're you're failing miserably in uh, shadow dragon you've got Nagi, the dragon avatar joining the amnesia support group with other popular fire emblem characters nagi appears in fire emblem heroes uh best part you don't have to butcher a playthrough to recruit her nagi is an armored green dragon unit wielding ethereal breath which accelerates special trigger I'm going to take a deep breath here, is effective against dragon foes, grants weapon triangle advantage against colorless foes, inflicts weapon triangle disadvantage on colorless foes during combat, reduces damage from area of effect specials by 80%, excluding rocker, rooker, siege, uh, rooker area of effect specials, and if foes range equals 2, calculates damage based on the low, or using the lower of foes defense or resistance, no new skills outside of that monster weapon, so rounding out her kit is soul as a special distant counter in the A slot, special fighter in the B slot, and Dragon Valor 3 in the C slot. Um, now, when I kind of wrote out the weapon description based on uh, the Summoner's, or Serene's fo- Forest post, that seemed like quite a bit. And, and I don't know, yeah. is that probably why she wasn't given any new skills to accompany the new weapon, or... Uh-huh. I'd say it might be more disencounter that did that. Oh yes, another yeah for sure disencounter. Yeah, it's got the usual dragonstone, the range thing, and lower defense defensive stat. It does have quite a bit the effective against dragons and all that, but the disencounter is you know one reason she's probably not getting demoted, and probably another reason they didn't worry about having an extra a new skill on her. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. Because of disencounter, they'll never get a new skill. But you know, big heavy weapon like that, and you know, dragon valor. Uh, I think that would be the um, version that gives you bonus SP. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty big thing there. That's still in their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's uh, she seems to be one of those heroes that. Yeah. Yeah, another armored dragon, effective against other dragons. Um, seems interesting, honestly. Like uh, she seemed out of the bunch, she she seemed the most interesting to me out of the mm-hmm. out of the rest of them. Um, but I, I don't know, like sort of the reception of the heroes as to whether like somebody else kind of jumps ahead. But honestly, it's uh, it's it's kind of I I just really yeah. I don't know. She's also one of those heroes. Is like, why is she yeah. so familiar? But I don't recognize her, and she just looks an awful lot like Tiki. Um, yeah, she's definitely interesting. I mean, she looks kind of like a grown-up Tiki, but not quite. Doesn't look like the actual grown-up Tiki. Yeah, it's weird because it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be grown-up Tiki because Tiki was in this game, and was a child. Yeah. Right? 
unless she's from the future, but then Adult Tiki doesn't look anything like this, and Adult Tiki was introduced in a game, you know, oh, a ways away from there. Anyways, it's just, it's weird how similar she looks, and I wonder if it's if there's a further story to that, or if it's something else, I don't know. But uh, I think they've said Naga's technically Tiki's actual mother. Maybe uh, Nagi is sister or maybe tiki yeah maybe tiki's older sister or aunt who knows while while naga put tiki to sleep to prevent her from going crazy uh maybe um nagi had her mind erased to prevent her her from going crazy by naga right maybe it is unknown it's i've not played mystery of the emblem so i don't know if it's explained in there but it's from what I've seen, it has yet to be explained. So, mm-hmm. But speaking of Tiki, we had a sudden surprise. Normally, this would be where we're talking about the Grand Hero Battle Unit. But actually, we had a fifth unit on this new banner that is new on this banner. However, this banner is not a focus unit. The uh, unit Bantu, Tiki's Guardian, he has appeared in all versions of Marth's games. From Shadow Dragon, Mystery of the Emblem, uh, you know, or Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, the original game, Mystery of the Emblem, Shadow Dragon Remake, and uh, New Mystery of the Emblem. And it is quite important if you want to recruit Tiki when you face her as an enemy boss. Uh, he is the first, he is a first in Heroes, because like I said, he's not a focus unit, and he's not even a five-star unit. He drops straight into the pool as a 3 and 4 star unit. He is a red infantry dragon unit in Heroes. If you choose to build him up to 5 star, his uh, Dark Breath that he gets at 4 star can be upgraded to Dark Breath Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a weapon that debuted with Fallen Corn and debuffs attack and speed of foes within 2 spaces by 5 after he attacks. He also comes with Dragon Fang. Fierce Stance and Savage Blow rounding out his skills. And Savage Blow is the only uh, skill he has that is locked to five stars to get the top tier rank of it, or top level rank that he has. So. Interesting stuff. So, funny enough with Bantu and his situation, right before the the banner dropped, we had some discussion in, in the Discord, and I think it was Sandman kind of explaining his frustration with fire emblem heroes and that there needed to be a change to the summoning pool to kind of pull the game out of a of, of a slow period and sure enough the the, the example he gave was uh, dragalia lost which always offers a four star into the pool as part of the new banner and and they kind of did it with this with this banner it was actually weird timing because i think 20 minutes later someone said like oh they actually did that for this banner and i mean I think it's good that they're kind of building out the three and four star side of it. So it's, it's really good in that aspect. But for me, um, I don't know, maybe I'd be more excited if this was a hero I wanted, like, cause I, I don't go for collection or I, I kind of, I see both sides of it. I guess I, the, the side that makes the most sense to me is that yes, when you're pulling, you want to get new stuff, even when it's not a five star. So this is a really good sort of chance for you to get while pulling in that banner, 
you have a chance to get a bunch of five stars that are brand new, but you also have a chance of on those a bunch of other summons because we all know from playing this game, you may get one or two five stars, but you're gonna have to like dredge through some some uh, some mud to get to the other side, right? And if that mud may include a couple gems along the way, you know, like you throw a couple risses aside and you end up finding a Bantu uh, while you're seeking that five star. That's a really good thing, especially from a gotcha standpoint in that you need to be getting new stuff, whether you want knew you wanted it or not, to, to push you forward, right? To keep going. So yeah. it's a good thing. It is a good thing. Um, I can kind of see where you're going where you're coming from with, oh, I don't care about this hero. But that actually is kind of why it makes perfect sense to throw him in as a three and four star unit straight to the pool. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, they want the heroes that you care about to be the focus unit. They want you to potentially consider, you know, oh, I really want to get that next Lin. So I'm going to go ahead and buy 20 more orbs to try and go for that lint. Whereas someone like Bantu is a nice bonus unit. Like you said, you summon a lot of units. So, you know, you can summon a bunch and, oh, I didn't get, you know, the focus unit I wanted, but I got a, I still got a brand new unit, you know, and him being straight into the three and four star pool, he can pop up on any banner at any time and you know it feels not as bad that you got nothing to a degree if that makes sense you still got something new to consider building up Mm -hmm. no you're right i think you're you're absolutely right and if they continue to do this which do we feel like they will so here's my next question if they continue to do this with new hero banners, I think that makes sense to keep that going. I do. I don't think this is just a fluke that they had an extra. I hope it's not a fluke, and that they just had an extra character and they threw us a bone. Do you think they'd ever do this for special? Well, they wouldn't do this for special banners, would they? That wouldn't make um, sense. So, possibly, it's. Weird to say. It's um. Well, I kind of talked myself out of it as I was them, saying it. I don't see them ever doing a special hero uh, uh, straight into the three to four star pool. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So, like, we got we probably have the Halloween banner coming up at the start of October. Mm-hmm. I don't see. You know, they'll have four Halloween units there, a fifth Halloween unit as a Tempest Trial banner. Or Tempest Trial unit, in theory. And I... Maybe they'll throw a lesser... pop, You know, less popular character in the 3 and 4 star pool. But they will be a basic character. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I would love it if they start every banner adding at least one 3 to 4 star to the 3 to 4 star pool. And it's a way to get some of the lesser... pop, You know, less popular characters. You know, like Jake and his boyfriend in Shadow Dragon. You know, the likelihood of him popping up as a main character, especially since Anna is very busy getting snubbed since she is, there is a Heroes home version of her, you know, or Heroes original version of her. They seem to not want to do 
any of the alternate Annas, any of her quote-unquote sisters that she comments about regularly. So, you know, someone like Jake or someone else who is not a very big, well-known character. Maybe Jake's more popular and well-known than I realized, but, mm. you know. Well, I'd I... love to see him on a special banner. I'm not holding my breath for it. I'm expecting there's a good chance we'll just get one a month. And that'll still be better than if we get more than one, just the one. That'll still be better than what we have before. But I definitely don't see a Halloween-themed unit coming straight into the three to four star four. Yeah, and I mean, I, I it's funny as I was explaining it, I kind of talked my way through it into being like, no, I doubt they would do that. But I mean, maybe maybe they would do it in the sense that like, hey, similar to, well, not similar to anything, maybe more similar to a grand hero battle where uh, it's it's less of a it's not a Halloween specific hero, but it's a hero associated with the heroes in the special banners, but it's a normal hero. So it's like, well, you're summoning through the special banner, but here's a three, four hero um, that we're going to throw in as a bonus, but it's not Halloween specific. So it goes into the general pool. That would be a cool way to address, still address these, these summoning concerns, but not throw special heroes into the general rotation, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's more or less what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't even necessarily have to be related to what IPs the special heroes are coming from. No, it could you be know, completely be random. Complete, yeah, complete random game where they throw a random three to four star hero in, but it's a basic hero, not a Halloween hero. Yeah, well, there's enough heroes in the fire emblem franchise that they could easily do that without being like oh well we're gonna run out of heroes like that's not the case whatsoever so and this could help some of those people who you know oh my character is still not in here and they have the seventh version of camilla coming out now Mm -hmm. well i think this is a good thing we'll definitely see if it if it continues or if this was a fluke i think eddie and i have both made it pretty clear that we're hoping this is the new the new uh approach but uh, well, we have yeah. six or seven Camillas now. I can't remember which. So seventh or eighth version of Camilla popping up, <laughs> or Lynn, or uh, yeah, you know, who's I think Lynn, Camilla, and who's who else is in a, in a front runner? I think Lynn and Camilla are like the top. I mean, depending on if you count the Corins as separate gendered Corins as in Robins as separate units mm, or yeah. together, you could throw them in there potentially. I yeah, kind of half and half, I guess. Like it's not a big deal to me, but yeah. there are a lot of corns. For example, with those those uh, those dream corns. Um, anyways, we'll uh, we'll we'll continue to take a look at this stuff and see if it continues. So stay tuned for that. But before we jump out, as Eddie mentioned, we normally have a grand hero battle unit, and we do have one to talk about with Astrum, Medea's hero. Arriving as a Grand Hero Battle Unit, Astrum is a red infantry swordsman who wields Mercurius, one of the kingdom's three regalia. The weapon grants attack plus three, and at start of turn, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 50%, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus four unit and sword slash lance, axe, bow, dagger, or beast allies within two spaces for one turn. Rounding out his kit is Bonfire as a special, Wind Boost 3 in the A slot, and Wrath 3 in the B slot. Now, with this one, I I think a lot of people were saying that Wrath 3 in the B slot was a big deal. 
in the sense that this was a hero you could essentially buy with uh, with Hero Grail points, right? Uh, yeah, his weapon is pretty powerful, especially for a GHB unit, and that Wrath, which is, I believe, a skill that until now has been a bit harder to get hold of. Um, can't recall if it's a five-star only skill or not, but, you know, being on a Grail unit, especially for someone like me who has a bunch of Grails, you know, if I really want to get Wrath, I can now get it quite easily, mm-hmm. you know. So it's good to see. Well, I, I like Astrum and I mean, alongside all the other heroes that were introduced from those older games, I love the way they've kept the feel of the old art and brought it forward to 2019. Yeah. I think that's, they've done a stellar job at that. And Astrum's is one of those Astrum and Bantu being two units that have kind of, you know, been, are, are essentially either being given to us as a free unit or given to us as like a, a bone to kind of solve a couple of issues in the game. Their art is fantastic. Bantu's especially, yes. I didn't mention it earlier, but he looks rad. Yes, they're both cool units, and they're both the weird ones out on these this group of units. Mm-hmm. Um, being the most likely that you'll get them in, you know, Shadow Dragon, or Shadow Dragon and Blade of Light. Uh, and Astrum really kind of sticks out as a Thor thumb, because... They brought him, but not his girlfriend. So, that's true. You know, they reference her right there in his title, uh, and I don't know if you recall, but to recruit Astrum in um, Shadow Dragon, you had to have Medea on your, in your party and have her talk to him. So, yeah, well, that's true. Well, maybe we'll get her as sort of a. A bonus hero in the near future who knows maybe she'll pop up as the uh the sort of three four you know pity hero i don't know what we're gonna call that but maybe maybe the uh, there's got to be a better way to to phrase it but um yeah we'll see yeah, it would have almost made more sense if she was a three to four star instead of bantu but true in terms of like a connection to the bantu yep. probably could have been saved for like a tiki alt or something but uh I guess we'll see. Um, speaking of upcoming heroes, why don't we go over the speculation corner because we've got a mythic hero coming yes. down the line. Uh, yes, the mythic hero will not be popping out until after we record next week. But, however, we should get the vi- banner for it, or the video banner. Banner video for it. Mm-hmm. I swear I'll pr- learn how to talk one of these days, even though it seems unlikely at this point. Uh, so, do you have any guesses on who you think the new mythic hero might be? As it stands, according to when I checked the doc that we have set up, um, it looks like we do have three heroes scheduled for red. So it seems, unless they're going to change things, not going to be a red hero. Mm-hmm. But we do only have one each of the other three colors. Yeah, so. I don't really have a a get, like a solid get. I mean, this is all shots in the dark. But I think that, you know, having it not be... Uh, a red hero I, I think it's good that we might not have a a sword legendary i think we've got enough of those um mm. but, but whether do we think it, it'll be related to the current slate of like uh, mystery of the emblem games like maybe one of those heroes well if it is mystery of the emblem we have medeus as a possibility because this is a mythic hero not a legendary so is medeus a god medeus is uh remind me who medeus is again 
He's the big bad guy of the first game. Okay. Of Shadow Dragon. He was the big, you know, guy you fought, had to use Falchion against him, I believe. Well, the the last big bad that we got as a mythic hero would have been Duma, right? He's the one that comes to mind. Yep, we have Duma. We do have Naga, from, who's considered to be from this game. Is Naga Naga's bad, Awakening. though? Naga was a good guy. Okay. But I'm saying, like, if we could get a bad guy, like, get Medeus in here, that'd be really cool. Yep. that That's a possibility. Medeus. Mm-hmm. Um... I think it's Medeus again and reincarnated in the in mystery, you know, mystery emblem behind the War of Heroes, but I don't know. I haven't played it, so hard to say for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we could have full on Grima as a possibility. Right, we haven't had a full, yeah. like just Grima. It doesn't have to be villains. There are, you know, we could get one of the, um, you know, eight Crusaders finally showing up and remind me the eight crusaders being from the shadow dragon world as well yeah um they're the ones who everyone talks about being a descendant of i don't remember their names off the top of my head but marth's family is a descendant of one um what's her name the lind she's a descendant of one of the eight heroes and so, oh, that'd be know. cool. Well, you know, various people talk about being descended of the eight heroes who originally fought and defeated Medeus. It would be nice to see more, you know, deep cuts like heroes that were mentioned and are important to the lore but haven't really been fleshed out. That's where they have an opportunity to kind of like go a bit above and beyond. Similar, like we were kind of thinking with Duma in the sense that. Do we even remember what he looked like in game? Like, oh, we got him like really quick flashes in human form, and I I think that would be really cool to see them do a bit more with that. Yep. So, could could be anything. Could be a uh, you know godlike creature from Finding Blade or uh, yeah. genealogy or could be anything could literally be anything which means we should move into the Elrealm gate because we've got some fun dlc to talk about surprisingly yes. wave three and four have been detailed by the famitsu guidebook for um, three houses dlc yep and of course you always want to remember that until the actual release of the dlc any of this could change mm-hmm. but we're going off of what they told us from or what the translations told us Yes, and this includes free DLC and paid DLC for Wave 3 and only paid yes. DLC for Wave 4, even though I believe Wave 4 has is described as coming with a free patch as well. Uh, yeah, I do believe all of them are scheduled for a three patch and free patch, but um, you know, I think the big free patch was originally slated for the Wave 3. Mm-hmm. You know, there was definitely going to be a free patch plus more additional stuff for paid right and of course the most important update is sadly locked behind the pain wall paywall oh you will finally be able to interact with all the cats running around garrett mock no if, if you buy the paid dlc really okay interesting so you're saying they're making us pay to pet the pet pet the dogs and cats uh maybe that'll be part of the free dlc but one of the notes in the Serene's Forest 
is um, the sauna, which if you've run up to the left of the entrance to the training yard, there's this building that said it was a sauna that you can never go into. So that's going to be opened up. Mm-hmm. And playing with dogs and cats is a new activity. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, I think this is the most significant of the the start of the significant parts of the paid DLC. I felt like the other ones were kind of like, you know, keeping us going until the big big expansions were coming. But yeah, um, just those new playable units are just minor little things. No one cares about those. Well, oh no, I, I well. We, not in wave two we didn't get playable units oh you meant the wave one and wave two yeah yeah no no no. i'm i'm saying that wave three looks to be the first significant chunk of dlc you'd actually want to pay for yeah i mean now that i'm saying like ooh, the sauna let's go um there's other stuff here so let's get through the free dlc there's a new playable unit yuritsa certain units certain routes only he'll be playable so that might give us some shed some light on what happened to Yuritsa because he kind of he kind of walks off <laughs> at the beginning of the game yeah vanishes at the beginning of the game it's possible you won't be able to recruit him till the second half no matter what route you're doing mm-hmm. i don't know um can't really go into more details without going into spoilers no and i wonder if this is like cutting room floor type stuff and that's why he's free in the sense that he was supposed to come back but they couldn't fit him in um he does seem to kind of walk off you know well, like I said, I can't go any further without spoilers, but he did... It kind of feels like this was intentional. Because, mm-hmm. once again, avoiding spoilers, there are certain routes where it would make sense where he would return. So, you know, but just that he never did. And it almost feels like he was fully intended to potentially, you know like Gilbert, be someone who pops up in the second half of a, of certain routes. Right. Because yeah. he's got an association with some characters. Um, but... They've also said that new support conversations, we're assuming that's for your reach, or this is still part of the free DLC. Yeah, it's part of the free DLC. There might be other characters that get some new support conversations. Yeah, for sure. I noticed while playing my Crimson Flower route that two of the units have very limited support choices, even if you recruit everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and uh still with the free dlc you've got new activities and new online features so that sounds that sounds pretty patchy to me that's good um yep. and then the paid dlc uh i won't list all of these we'll we'll discuss them but uh new playable unit anna so she's uh she's dusting off the shop leaving it with her i don't know putting a, a you know be back soon sign up and she is going to join your team well, she could still have the shop and just, you know, when you talk to her, you can train, uh, do a go tea house or shop. So she could still have her secret shop in the second half. Mm-hmm. So be option of playable, which I think since Awakening, at least, has been a regular feature of her popping up in the DLC choices. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, heroes can't properly ignore her if they don't have a new version, new playable version of her. Hmm, maybe. You never know. It could be a trend now. We can't add Anna because then we'll have to add all the Annas. I still think an Anna banner is a good idea, and they should do it. Yeah, but they don't seem to want to give Anna any alts at all, period, whatsoever. Well, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. 
Well, you know, Alphonse and Sharina have gotten ults, but Anna still hasn't. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, we got new monastery facilities. No details on that, although it could literally just be the sauna that we talked about. Um, yep. New online features. Again, probably just a repeat of what's in the free DLC. Maybe there's some additions that Might requires the something DLC. Something more if you buy the paid DLC. Don't know. Uh, they list an Anna and Yuritsa paralogue. Now, I don't know if that's like an Anna Yuritsa pairing or we're going to get separate paralogues. I'm. It's hard to tell, but it could literally be Anna and Doritza paired up for the paralogue, because it's always two characters, right? Not always. There are certain paralogues that only require only need one character. Okay. In both halves. Um, if it makes sense that they would make the paralogue a pairing, so that you have to buy it if you want to do it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone's going to get Yuritsa, but you won't get Anna if you don't buy it. So if you want the parallel, you have to buy the expansion pack. Oh, actually, that is a bit gross. But then I get, well, eh, it is what it is, I suppose. It, 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 it'd be a little weird for if that all was the we case. Know, for all we know, one of the new activities is a Yuritsa paralogue that doesn't require Anna on top of the joint one with Anna. I don't know. True. You won't know it until it comes out. Well, I mean, if they're detailing them now, it feels like we're going to get Wave 3 soon, and I would guess Wave 4, like, early 2020. But uh, I'm guessing Wave 3 will be November or early December. Yeah. It seems pretty beefy, because they've also said new quests, around 10 of them. We talked about the sauna and playing with cats. And they've got new costumes, so the maid, butler, and more. So that sounds like we might get, like, a fresh... Uh, costume for each character and if they're male it'll be a butler female maid we, i mean i don't know that for sure but i'm i'm just kind of guessing based on past past experience with these games um mm-hmm. and then new but new battalions so the maid and butler battalion so that'd be kind of cool to kind of send a bunch of butlers across the battlefield that'd be pretty funny to see yeah but the thing i really want is more classes mm-hmm. and Wave 4 is showing that we're expected at least four classes. I would really love some more classes in Wave 3. Yeah, because, I mean, I always saw this DLC as an excuse to to get another playthrough in with some different sort of flavor, and I'm Mm -hmm. still not seeing it. I don't think, like, costumes aren't enough to do it for me. Quests might be, but if it's just, like, like those quests, like if they're just a bunch of fetch quests, eh, you know, but... I mean, maybe two new playable characters in terms of Yuritsa and Anna might be enough. Um, and and to see what this... I'm, sh- I'm assuming the sauna, it was always just like flavor conversation, right? So the Anna and Yuritsa paralogue is the only thing that... And the two new characters are the only things that are likely to drag you in. Probably, the yeah. Quests, the quests are either going to be fetch quests, quests teaching you how to... Uh, probably at least one of them is a quest... To teach you how to use the sauna, maybe how to play with dogs and cats, and teach you that it costs activity points. Probably not, but in other new activities, or they're going to be battle quests, which really is for Fire Emblem another type of fetch quest. Yeah, I mean there might be one to explain. Unless they're actual paralogs, they're just you know auxiliary battles. Right. Uh, well, I mean, let's talk about Wave 4, because it's pretty beefy, and 
there's some interesting stuff here that we can we can chat about first up is a side story abyss mode uh side story to me shows that it's an expansion but abyss mode sounds like another difficulty level yeah i think that's just weirdly translated i think there's gonna be the side story or the expansion that they were talking about uh that they're labeling it as a side story suggests that it'll happen somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. like parallel chapters that actually are separate chapters where you choose to go off onto the side quest now do you think the side Uh, story could be like a what if like if byleth got stuck in in the dark zone or whatever they called it you know that might actually be what the side story is you actually do more inside the when you get trapped in that alternate world Mm -hmm. i think that'd be interesting it'd be interesting but you mean gonna have limited characters in there in theory possibly these four that they mentioned there it'd be all new characters and maybe those characters are the four playable characters so you'd have at max a five hero five person roster for whatever quests you have in there yeah and these are translations so they're definitely not final but i mean you've got the fact that it is labeled as abyss mode it kind of feels to me like that might be the abyssal mode Like, we got Maddening as a higher difficulty, and I think they had said there was going to be an additional difficulty above the Maddening. That sounds terrible, to be honest. (laughs) Not for me, probably not for you, but uh, for some people, maybe that's their jam. Um, These new playable characters, they're just translations, but you got Eurus, Balthazar, Constance and yavi now they might be completely butchered and completely changed by the time this comes out uh but those essentially will have new support conversations uh, which is a norm uh they're also touting new monastery facilities uh new online features and then as eddie said new classes so four new classes we don't know what they'll be but i i know one of them that kind of popped out to me as interesting would be the troubadour sort of a a uh a cavalry healer. healer yeah i think that was sorely missing as most of the advanced classes were riding but then suddenly that one was missing uh definitely would fit something we really desperately need mm-hmm. which is a mounted caster before you get to master tier because mm-hmm. i mean if you want other than during you know, schoolwork or the two people that weekly do chores, um, you have no way to get your caster's writing skill while they're able to keep casting. They have to go off to, you know, be a cavalier and not be able to use magic if they want to get writing skills. And yeah. since for the men, all the master classes require writing skills that's very annoying yeah well it's not fun that's for sure it's a lot of chores uh to deal with um so we'll see what those classes are i know a lot of people are looking forward to that i mean the rest of this is basically just uh i'm gonna run through these and then we're gonna we're gonna circle back to one of these but we got new enemy monsters new paralogs new quests new battalions new gambits new costumes for byleth both male and female and sothis but the one that warrants further conversation would be in my mind uh, new hero relics so those were weapons that were more prevalent in three houses than i first anticipated 
because they kind of popped up here and there. Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't just the one sword that you got, the, the creator or whatever. Uh, yeah. They, yeah, they kept popping up. So do you think these hero relics will be associated with the with the new heroes? Probably. Yeah. I mean, and maybe there'll be some relics to uh, fill in for other characters who have crests and, you know, but can't uh, don't have a really good relic for them. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, I think it's... Uh, Lauren, Lauren's, and Lysithia share a crest, but like the weapon doesn't really fit for Lysithia, or not even fit well for Lauren's. You know, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not neither one of them want to use the type of weapon that the relic is for them. Mm hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's it's interesting. I wonder what what will sort of come of this. And and again, like we're we're dealing with a loose translation. We're dealing with sort of an outline. Um, it's really cool that they've given us this information. I gotta and, say. And the wave wave four of DLC, while it's probably a decent ways along, is probably you know a good four or five months out. Mm -hmm. could change there's still like especially translation that could definitely change between yeah. now and then but uh well, i'm excited what do you mean those might not be the exact names but that never happens in fire emblem yeah, Cedar. yeah. Cedar. <laughs> sorry bad cough there. no you you gotta get your seated checked i mean uh that stuff can spread but um <laughs> that was terrible i don't even want to read into that uh <laughs> common cold uh, sneeze on some lampposts and yeah, suddenly everyone's sick uh lampposts what is this that makes even less sense than <laughs> the first one you know so. what i just think we should call it there i'm looking forward to this dlc eddie's looking forward to it let's just agree to disagree that uh, sneezing on lampposts you were at star wars has lampposts don't they yes well there you go you you might have Sneezed on some Star Wars lampos. Bringing it full circle. That's going to do it for tonight. Summoner's Call. Went out on a weird note there. Um, sneezing on lampposts. Well, that'll be the title of the show. Uh, visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. You can email the show, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. But really the best place to interact with your your uh, Summoner's Call hosts is at our Discord. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy, eddie at drelfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. Mm -hmm.